Before I start, I just wanted to remind everybody to make sure that you get a uh, calendar yeah, just over there. Just uh, make sure you get one. Just let you know what's happening in the next few days. Okay. Right. What am I preaching on today? I was screaming behind. A time for every purpose of man. I was trying to take, uh, trying to um, pick hymns that had something related to time and purpose. And uh, we've got to take time to be holy. And I had a lot of ideas. So <laughs> let's pick the other two. They sounded really good. Everybody's saying them really well. Yeah, you, you do, you, there's no room for it. Wreck in the <laughs> I was struggling in the back. I don't mind leading. So, yeah. um, so uh, this morning I'm going to be carrying on through the book of Ecclesiastes and uh, this is part four of the series. There's going to be as many parts as I can, I can, I can get away with, you know, breaking it up into as many chunks as I possibly can. Um, so, uh, this, this, so just to recap on what we've, what we've gone through uh, Ecclesiastes so far, we're up to chapter three today. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, uh, as I, I give you some some background or to uh, give you some reminders as to what we've gone through so far. Uh, in chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, we uh, we looked at the, the authorship, uh, authorship and the underlying theme of the book. Uh, it's uh, with regarding to emptiness or uh, labor and that there is no profit under the sun. Uh, in chapter 1, verses 4 to 18, was part 2, and we, we looked at the natural processes of, of the world and uh, human wisdom and the vanity uh, of knowledge. In chapter 2, we saw the search for satisfaction in, in a multiple of uh, different directions, in hedonism, mammon, and uh, wisdom, and work, and we found the futility of it all if uh, you're not seeking the Lord. Uh, and I hope to continue this journey through the book of Ecclesiastes into chapter 3. <clears throat> this is one of the more, I think was a little bit more challenging to, to try and teach on. I, I, I'm going to be a little bit teachy. I, I, I'm not very much a topical preacher. I'm not a preacher at all. Um, I, I, I get by. Um, so please bear with me as, as we go through these things. But uh, we're going into... Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And we're going to, we're looking at a book that um, was written by um, Solomon. We, we, we found that out in, in the very first line of, uh, of chapter 1, who the author was. Uh, and I'm going to try and reveal some truth and wisdom contained within it. Uh, let's remind ourselves that uh, we're referring to the wisest man who ever lived, uh, obviously, except our Lord. Savior Jesus Christ. Above all, we want to see Christ through it all, and uh, most importantly, present the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so that others may come to a saving knowledge of Him. As we've learned in, 
the meaning of the name of the book Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes is a Greek word translated from the Hebrew word for preacher, Bahal, which means to assemble or assembly leader or preacher. Now, it's where we get the word ecclesia from, meaning a called out assembly. Uh, we are called out assembly. Uh, each and every one of us who is meeting here today, we have been called out, uh, we are called together, we're meeting together and we're here to worship God. So that, that is that is an ecclesia, that's not God. It's not a building, a church is not a building. Uh, a church is the people that meet together for the same purpose, and that is to worship our, our Lord. <clears throat> now today we're going to look at chapter 3, which affirms that there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. Uh, a time which begins and ends according to the will of uh, the all-wise and almighty creator God. Hopefully we'll be able to find some practical help in understanding the will of God through the 14 pairs of opposites found in verses 1 through 8. <coughs> we're, we're reminded in verse 9 uh, that man's activities under the sun does not satisfy his need and is of little profit. And then we find the divine purpose in verses 10 and 11. We're going to see how living in the will of God gives us purpose and satisfaction. Well, hopefully. We'll probably be able to get that through to everybody. Um, but if not, um, I'll keep trying. Amen? Um, when we read Ecclesiastes, we should be thinking about who uh, is Solomon trying to speak to? Um, uh, primarily, who is he? Who is he trying to relate to? Who is he, who is he speaking to through through what this through this book? Um, so Solomon is trying to instruct, and he's also warning, and he's teaching um, his children. He's he's a father, so we need to think that I would like to think that he is trying to reach his children. Now we know from the previous messages that he only had three children, according to the word of God. He had one son and two daughters. And we found that out in chapter 2. Uh, or I, not, we don't find out in chapter 2, but I, I, I mentioned in, in, when I was going through chapter 2 about his, um, when, he was, when we were talking about uh, searching for satisfaction in his harem, which is obviously a dangerous thing to do. Um, but yeah, uh, but going back to that, we, we, look, we need to look at who... Who is Solomon trying to, to speak to? And if we think of it as a father to his children, I think it will help a lot more to understand it. If you also look at Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is the same thing. If you look at the book of Proverbs, it often, it often refers to son or his son. Or, um, so he's, he's speaking to his son quite specifically in a lot of times. And he's trying to give him, impart some wisdom to him. But at the same time, he's also a preacher, so he's also talking to the congregation of Israel. So he's talking to the people, the children of Israel. He's, he's doing those two things at the same time. So if we have a mindset when we read these things, that he is trying to uh, reach his son and give him, impart some wisdom to him. Because he feared, we, we read that he feared what his son might become in, in chapter 2. Um, whether he be a fool or not, he didn't know whether he would be a fool or not, if you remember. If not, if you haven't heard those messages, I, I urge you to just go through them and, and listen to them. They're on our podcast, you can listen to them. Uh, you don't have to watch them. Uh, 
Yeah, I like to look at my mic. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you can listen to them at, at any time. Uh, it should be recorded on our website. Um, but yes, let's look at, let's read this as if we are reading it as if Solomon is trying to reach his children. And I think that will help. Now, the Word of God is our instruction and our guide through life. And it gives us a glimpse of our future as well. So let's begin and read through uh, the, uh, the, the, the basic text through which I'll be teaching on this morning. And uh, it is Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses uh, 1 uh, to 11. <coughs> it says here now, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under, under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh, and a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time, a time to, of war and a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in, in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God make that God maketh from the beginning to the end. <coughs> Let's have a quick word of prayer before we get into this. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to be together this morning. Lord, we pray that you would uh, forgive me of any sin that, made me, uh, uh, that I may have committed, Lord. We pray that you would hinder me this morning. Lord, bring it to my, my, my mind now so that I might forsake it and seek forgiveness. And Lord, we pray that you would um, help us each now to, to listen clearly and, and, and uh, intently on in your word. That, um, Lord, that somebody, uh, if listening or, or uh, uh, may have any issue with their salvation, that they may get that right this morning. And Lord, we pray that you would uh, speak to hearts, that you'd help me now to present this message uh, clearly and precisely as you'd have, have me to do. And Lord, we thank you for these things now in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, um, in the first eight verses, um, I noticed a pattern um, in them. Uh, I don't think this is, this is unique. I think lots of people found this out. When you read it, you, you'll notice it. It's quite, quite interesting. I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, and that it is split into categories. The first eight verses are split into the categories of, of what, what uh, opposites, categories of opposites. Uh, we know that there's, there's, well, I mentioned there's 14 opposites, contrasts, within uh, the first eight verses. Um, and it's split into categories that relate to physical things, uh, emotional things, and choices, so decisions that we need to make. 
and I've broken them down to this so that we can break this, these, these verses down so that we might get a bit more information out of them and maybe uh, glean some wisdom from them because uh, whenever you, you read in the book it's been written by the wisest man who ever lived I'm sure there's some wisdom that we can gain from it mm. um, so and he, so, he's, so it looks like it's been broken down into three, three uh, categories um, then we see verse 9 that asks a question what does it profit? Um, and then in verses 10 and 11, it gives us uh, a little guidance and encouragement. So it's, uh, it's giving us, the, the, this, this chapter is giving us uh, some, some contrasts uh, in terms of, um, in, there's, there's a time for every purpose in, in life. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully see that through, through these, these verses. If we look at verses, chapter 3, verses 1 to 3, Again, and we'll we'll I'll read through these uh, quickly, and we'll we'll try and get try and understand them a little bit clearer. It says to to every man there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Solomon is is detailing detailing here the uh, generational and agricultural tra- uh, contrasts. What I mean by generational is, is I mean there's there's a time to be born and there's time to die. So there's there's generations pass. We we learned that um, in the first two chapters of this book, and he, he says it's continual, um, and it, and it's the generations come and go, and they they they're, they're a continual process. Um, we we saw that in chapter one verse four it says one generation passeth away, and another generation cometh. But the earth abideth forever. No. Right? So, and then in verse 3, we see uh, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. And these are, like, these are deliberate um, activities, he's, he's detailing. Um, so these are, these are physical uh, things that, that are done physically. So people, are, uh, there's, there's a time... For every purpose under heaven, um, there's, there's a generational uh, contrast where, where there's time to be born, time for uh, and a time to die, a time to plant. So we're looking at the agricultural processes of contrasts. So a time for planting and and and, uh, uh, and uh, reaping as well. So we see these physical um, actually contrasts. And then we look at uh, the second part, is verses 4 to 5, and it's about the emotional um, contrasts. It says, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. These are emotional um, uh, contrasts. Um, we know that um, David danced, um, and... Um, uh, I don't know if Brother Stu's going to be mentioning some of these in the coming weeks. I know he's going through the book of Samuel, so there's, there's First Samuel, um, and it's, there's, it's a fantastic uh, bit of scripture. I'm looking forward to, to hearing a bit more about that. But um, So we, we see the emotional side of things here, the contrasts that uh, Solomon is detailing. And then he says in verse 5, A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. The, this is like, this is the social uh, element uh, and emotional interactions with other people. So, 
He's talking about embracing and the time to refrain from embracing. And then finally, in the first eight verses, is the um, choices. He gives us some contrasts and choices. Um, chapter 3, verse 6 to 8 says, A time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away. He's, to, he's referring to possessions. Uh, and he says, uh, and then he goes on in verse 7, A time to rend and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Uh, these are referring to communication. And it goes on in verse 8, uh, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And these are national issues. So these are choices that you have to make on a, on a national basis. So he's, so he's clearly trying to give, uh, impart some wisdom onto his son who's going to be king. He's giving him some some uh, contrasts in that one day you, you're going to have to make decisions that are going to affect and there's going to be a time for these things so be prepared um, and I think this is what Solomon is trying to do he's trying to prepare those who are reading this that there, are, there is going to be time for each one of these and there is going to come a time that we are going to weep and we are going to lose and there will be a time of war and um, and so we need to be prepared for these, these things. But there's also good in this. There's also a time to laugh and to embrace. And so there, there are positives and negatives in there. But he's, he's saying that there's, there's a time for every purpose. Every one, every one of these things will happen throughout our lifetime. We may not have war in our lifetime, but I don't think that I have experienced I haven't experienced it. I know my dad has experienced it. He's had time of war in his lifetime. Um, but there's, there's set times, and he's saying that be prepared for these things. And he's trying to encourage and to prepare his son. Now, these three types of contrasts, we see that there's a season and a time uh, for every purpose under heaven. A time which begins and ends according to the will of the all-wise and almighty God. The 14 pairs of opposites in the human experience are cited to emphasize how completely and uh, the, completely the divine will is set an appropriate time for every needed human activity. So, that's a bit of a mouthful. So, what that means is that the, God has a will for each one of us. Um, and these things will, will um, occur in our lives at some point. Some of these things, not all of them, but some of them may occur in our life, lifetime. And we, we need to decide whether we're going to be living in the will of God or outside the will of God. Uh, are we going to resist it or are we going to embrace it? And I think I, I know the, the easier and the better choice is to, to embrace the will of God and to, to try and follow the will of God for your life. I think that's probably that is the, the best, obviously the best and the easiest way to, to live your life. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're not you're gonna everything's gonna be sunshine and roses. It just means that you are you're walking in the will of God, and if you're walking in the will of God, He has a plan set for your life that will ultimately be good. Um, because we we know this in, in Romans eight twenty eight. Lord, um, uh, let's, let's go to let's go to Romans eight twenty eight. 
<coughs> it says here, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. So we know that all things work together for good. We don't, we, it doesn't say that everything's going to be good uh, and everything's going to be great in your life. It doesn't say that. It says that all things uh, will work together for good. So even the things that we sometimes think are negatives will work out to be good. To them that love God, to them who are uh, uh, well, called according to His purpose. Um, so how, to them who are the called according to His purpose. So who, who is the called? It's those who are saved, believers. Right. So it's those who are saved and who believe that uh, uh, what Jesus did on the cross for them and are saved, and that's um, who it's who has. Uh, that's what it's, it's it's referring to. So let's move on to verse seventeen. So we're going to go to uh, chapter three in our text in Ecclesiastes, chapter three, verse seventeen. And it says, I said in my, my heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time there for every purpose and for every work. Um, the disappointing reality is that, is that man under the sun is not always mindful of the more important needs, um, and the appropriate time often passes by unheeded. So, people who... Man often is, is not mindful uh, of the important needs. God is, is trying to speak to... Solomon in, in these texts is trying to impart some wisdom to say that there is a time for all these things um, and be prepared for these things because they're going to happen in your life. Uh, and you need to be mindful of it uh, because the... Because if you're not mindful of it, you might miss something that's vitally important. That could be life-changing. Um, I mean, he refers to, in verse 8, uh, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time of war and a time of peace. If you, if you, as a leader, if he's talking to a son who may be king, if he makes a mistake, it could lead to war and death. So he needs to be mindful that there is a time for these things. But also, there's a time to, uh, to, to, to obviously to make, to, to, to go to war. But you need to be prepared for these moments because it could, you could avoid these things uh, if, you, if, you, if you're mindful of them and if you, take the, if you know that there's an appropriate time uh, for them. And you need to, be, uh, to take heed uh, and be prepared for them. Um, in 1 Samuel 15, 26 says, And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from, from being king over Israel. Now, Saul did not uh, do those things which were needful in the right time. Uh, we heard from uh, a really good message recently, I can't remember who, uh, about Saul, I think it was Brother Stu. And Saul only had to do was wait just a few more minutes or just an hour or so before um, Samuel came along to sacrifice. 
And because he wasn't mindful of the, the appropriate time for when these things should be done, he, he, he rushed in and he did those things he sacrificed when he shouldn't have done. So he didn't take heed for the, the, the appropriate time uh, for, for that purpose. He hadn't taken time to, to, to heed or to be mindful um, of those important needs um, and the appropriate time for them to, to occur. We see another example uh, in Esau as well. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 16 to 17, it says, Lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for one morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. Esau too sold his birthright, and he couldn't receive it as a result when he was when it was because he didn't he didn't wait for the appropriate time, or he didn't he didn't find the importance of these things. As a result, he didn't receive that blessing, and it all comes down to the the same. Um, important uh, thing that it's often disappointing that man under the sun is not mindful of the, of the more important needs and the appropriate time. And this sadly often passes by unheeded. And <coughs> verse 9, so we go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 9. Um, Solomon's asking a question, what profit hath he that worketh in, in that wherein he laboreth? It's, it's just a reminder of what he'd been saying in, in chapter 1. What does it profit a man in that he worketh and that wherein he laboreth? Solomon is, again realizes and warns that man's activities under the sun does not satisfy uh, his need and is of little profit. What is the purpose of these verses? Um, well, in, in verse uh, 10 of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. The Lord exercises man. Um, the Lord is behind all of this. Okay? The, the seasons come and go, and, there are, and, and we are to reflect um, on these things. And God has given them for us to reflect on them. Right? This is what man is to do. This is what we are supposed to do. Now, well, why is that? Um, it's to see the futility of all life's travail. This is what Solomon is trying to, to present here. Uh, he wants you to, God wants you to reflect on these things, to see that anything without him is futile. And it's to see the futility of all life's travail. All life's work and, and hardship uh, for, to, to gain something uh, or to seek something other than what the Lord has for you. And, and to realize that there is more to life than these things. And, and gaining wealth or gaining popularity or gaining something that is not uh, centered on the Lord. These things are futile, futile and of little worth. They have little value. And verse 11 says, He hath made everything, this is, this is the encouraging bit now, 
when I've been kind of down on everything. But this is the encouraging bit. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Who's he? Oh, it's God. Right? Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. So, we need to realize <coughs> um, that God is, is all-knowing. <coughs> And, and He has sovereignty over us. And, and that He has uh, created all things and has a purpose and a plan for us. Uh, we may not fully understand this, but, but that's okay. We don't have to fully understand it. We live by faith. Um, we also need to understand that God sees the beginning and the end and everything in the middle all at the same time. He sees the past, the present, and the future all in the same plane. We can only experience time now. We, and we can remember the past. But God sees everything at present, at the exact same time. So He sees the past, He sees the, the, the present and the future all happening simultaneously. If you think about that, it's, it is hard to think about that. And that's what the thing is that we may not fully understand everything. But that's why we have faith. Mm. We believe. Mm. And that's why it's so important to, to, to be saved, to be a child of God. That's what's so important. Mm. Is that you get... People... I would struggle to think, to imagine how God could see all these things and know everything. And, and yet um, and yet at the same time be lost, I think that would be the worst thing imaginable. To know that and know that I'm, I, I, I have no future um, in eternity, I think that would be the scariest thing imaginable. Um, but let's get back to, to this. We see that God can, sees everything from the beginning to the end. And He sees everything in the middle. And He sees it all simultaneously. Now, He dwells outside of what we experience in time. And he knows, that, he knows it all. And that should give us some comfort. To know that He knows everything. Mm-hmm. He knows what you're going to, uh, to experience. He knows the time that we might find ourselves uh, building up or taking down. He'll know the time uh, in which that we will lose something or the time that we might cast away something. He will know the time when we plant. He will know the time uh, that when we weep. And He will also know the time when we laugh. He knows it all. And He has a plan for each and every one of us. And He has a will for us. Or but you can't live in the will of God if you're not saved. Um, and I think that should be something that would, would prick your heart to, to understand that you can't live in the will of God unless you, you're saved. It's, it's a scary thing. Uh, I couldn't imagine. Because... Uh, he has something prepared for you. Not, not everybody will 
will do that. So everybody has times of, uh, of doubt and uh, I think everybody experiences some, some uh, instability in their faith and, and that's not unusual. Uh, it's not, uh, but we need to, to fix our hearts on, on the Lord and, and keep uh, and continue in, in, uh, in this word, in the word of God and, uh, and being faithful and that will help you in your faith. It will help you to, to rely and to know that God has a, a will and a plan for your life. And um, I think that's, that's going to give you the most comfort uh, in knowing that he, he knows all these things. And He is with you always. If you're saved, He is with you always. Even in the difficult times, as well as the, the really good things that come in your way. He's going to be with you. He's going to be rejoicing with you. And... You know, and even in the really difficult times, he's going to be with you, and that should give you some comfort. Mm. Now, there are three things that um, we get from these two verses. The first is God has created the the seasons of life, right? the times that we we, uh, we go through. He's he's created them, and he is the one behind it all. And if he has made it all. Then they are beautiful. That's what the that's what the verse says. Uh, he had made everything beautiful in his time. And um, and not only that, that they are beautiful, but they are of great value. And they are to be reflected upon. And the second point that we get from these verses is that he has set the world in their heart. This is that word, uh, that Hebrew word olam, which means um, an indefinite time or or you could use it as uh, in eternity, right? So, in um, it's the uh, same verse we see in fourteen, verse fourteen. Yeah, yeah, forever. It shall be forever. It's the same word. So, it's it's translated. So in verse fourteen, alarm is translated. Forever, uh, but in in this verse, it's it's uh, translated into world. So he has set the world in their hearts. So he set um, he set in our hearts uh, eternity. So we all have a. Um, this means that we. What this means is that we are all eternal beings. That we we are all um, have an e eternal part of us. Right? Um, even though we see these changes around us, we, we know that we we're not um, that this is not all there is. Right? And that we have an eternal future. We know this. Uh, we, most people, even if you're not saved, will feel that there is something else after death. Everybody will say most people would admit there's something else. There must be something else after death. Um, and and us as Christians, we know there is something after death. Uh, we know there's an eternity, um, and there's only two, one of two places that you go to once you die, and depending on what you do on this on this earth, depending on your decision, um, who you trust and who you put your faith in and trust in, will determine your eternal future. And thirdly, sometimes we will not know. Um, uh, we're not going to know um, 
everything about God. There's some things that we may not, we're not going to know on this earth. But we know that there is more that God has for us in eternity, even though we will not fully know it or either. But we do have some clues. We do have some clues in the Word of God. It does tell, tell us that um, uh, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. He's gone to prepare a mansion for us. And we also know that the, in, in future there's going to be a new Jerusalem. We know these things because this is what the Word of God tells us. And these things should give us some hope and encouragement, knowing that, there's, that He's not finished with us. He's not finished with us, believers, uh, or going to leave us in some vain repetition. Some, so we, we're not, He's not going to leave mankind in some perpetual generation, one after the other, without an eternity. He's going to, he has prepared a place for us. Um, but likewise, he's also prepared a place for the devil and his angels. Um, and that's not where he wants us to go. He is preparing a place. Um, if you could imagine, he's, he's gone to prepare a place for every person on this planet because there's enough room for every person. There's a mansion for every person. Not every person is going to go to it. But he can, he can create a place for every person. Perfectly capable of doing it. In Romans 11.33, it says, Oh, the depth of the riches both of wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments and His ways past finding out! Some things we will just not have the answer to. But one day we will. Because we will be able to ask. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9 but it is as it is written I have not seen nor hear, ear heard neither entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love him I ear mind man's senses or reasoning cannot imagine what God has prepared for us that are saved and are on our way to him but there are a couple of hints that was Paul was, was, uh, that morning, but he was referring to what's in Isaiah 64 Isaiah 64 verse 1 Oh that thou wouldest rend the heavens that thou wouldest come down that the mountains might flow down in thy presence he's referring to the Lord's coming and it says in verse 4, For since the beginning of the world men have not heard nor perceived in their ear, neither hath the eye seen, O God, beside thee, what he hath prepared for him that waiteth for him. I can't imagine how good it's going to be. Amen. We, 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 we can't imagine. You think of the very best thing now. It doesn't even come close to what he's got prepared for us. Not even close. What is what is uh, see? It's referring to what is prepared for them that wait upon the Lord. Uh, well, it's, that's the New Jerusalem, and it's described in Revelation chapter twenty-one. He's referring to what's what's been prepared for us. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 it says, just to recap it 
to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Um, let's take some time to reflect on the fact that God has made all these things. He's created this world. He's created the heavens and the earth. And not only that, he's, he's preparing a place for us. And one day we'll be able to enjoy these things. And that should give us some encouragement. So what do we get from all this? Well, we know that God is, has a will for each one of us. And that there is a time and a purpose. Uh, there's a time for every purpose within the will of God. We also know that faith and trusting in the will of God is necessary. As not, to, not all the answers are revealed to us by the will of God. We don't have all the answers. But we have faith. We believe that God knows and has a plan and has a will for us. We believe it. We have faith in that. And that's what keeps us, uh, keeps us going. <coughs> because we don't, we're not going to know all the answers. Um, in a world of vanity, we must be content and recognize God's sovereignty as well and His benevolence. Let us continue in the will of God and trust that He has a purpose for us and that we walk with, with God. Uh, and that starts at salvation. Uh, by first getting saved, realizing that we're a sinner and that there is an eternity after death. We know that God has set the world in our hearts. We know there is a future after our death. We know that there is an eternity after our death. We believe it. Mm -hmm. But there is also a penalty for sin. If you are not saved, there is a penalty in that. It's a second death. But to avoid that, all you have to do is believe in your heart that Christ died for your sins, was buried and rose again, according to the Scriptures. And call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. And that is all you need to do. It's no great thing. You don't have to climb a mountain for it. You don't have to build anything great. It starts with faith and belief in what Jesus Christ has done for you. And that's all you need to do. And then call upon His name. The name which is above every name. Let's pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for this, this day, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. But Lord, we thank you for this word. It's so precious and so rich and full of uh, amazing truths. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to, to read through uh, a book written by one of the wisest men who ever lived. And Lord, we thank you for the wisdom. Lord, we pray that you would help us to, uh, to apply some of these, these truths in our life. And that we may continue uh, a walk that is close to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Good to be in church. Amen. Ready for another week of coming out from nowhere again. Amongst it all. Shut me down. Okay, if you'd stand with me, please. We'll sing our last hymn. There is